Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Wednesday the 15th of January coming up. Hundreds of jobs at risk at factory. Some of the guys have been there 35, 40, 45 years. It's the only job that they've ever had. Four men jailed over fatal stabbing. This was a really tragic incident that resulted in the death of Wesley Adyinka. You know, he got involved in a dispute between drugs lines and this is the outcome that can happen. And football coach opens up about gambling problem. You know, but you can't stop. I don't know about, you know, other addictions. I know I know they're, they're all pretty similar. It's all probably a form of escapism. Kent Online News. A union has vowed to try and prevent the closure of a car parts factory in Sittingbourne, which could lead to the loss of around 300 jobs. Bosses at Antolin Interiors have announced they plan to shut the site in Hartlip, blaming a slump in global car sales. Joe's been speaking to a member of staff who doesn't want to be named. He told him how workers were informed about the closure. We just got back from our Christmas break. Um, We've been back a week and um, they can read us all in the middle of the factory half an hour before the end of the shift and told us that we'd be closing down. How'd that make you feel? What was the process like? What was that whole announcement like? Very unprofessional. Um, they convened a hundred odd people in the middle of the factory. Um, the extractor fans and the overhead fans were still going. We literally could not hear a word that was said. Um, by watching them, it might it took them maybe 15 to 20 seconds to read out a pre-prepared statement. Any questions, ask your HR manager, go and collect your letters. That was it. Um, the whole talking process on their side, probably 30 seconds max. What was that like? I was pretty shocked to be honest. I don't think I've ever, I've, made, I've been through redundancies before and factory closures before and I've, I've never seen a redundancy announced or done like that. It was, the whole factory was in shock. How does that feel for you? Obviously that almost shock after Christmas, you've just gone through what is the most probably expensive time of the year and then to come out the other side and then at that moment you heard you've been made redundant again. Can you talk us through how that, what, what that feels like? It was, it was the uncaring from the management side, just like a brief red statement, 10, 15 seconds, and that was it. There was no, uh, we're really sorry. It was literally a couple of sentences and it just felt like they didn't care. They really did not care. It was the most unprofessional, from my point of view, um, it's the most unprofessional thing that I've, that I've seen in my whole working life. To get 100 people that can't hear what you're saying. And some of the guys have been there 35, 40, 45 years. It's the only job that they've ever had. And they're in their mid-50s, 60s. I worry for those guys, because I think, I think they're gonna struggle. Talk to me about them, because you, you will have had friends there. You've yeah. friends at work. Yeah. What's that like for them? Have you obviously discussed it amongst yeah, you? Yeah, uh, seriously worried. There's quite a few couples that work there, husbands and wives that work there, so that's two salaries gone. Um, yeah, like, especially the older guys, the ones that are coming up to their late 50s and 60s, some of them, this is the only job that they've had. Um, they're gonna struggle, I know they are. What did you make of some of the offers to go and work up north? Obviously not practical, is it? For most people, I would say no, it's not practical. Um, from my own personal point of view, I don't think they really wanted to, but I think legally they have to. If they, if they close a factory, they have to offer you relocation. There's not many people it's going to take. I mean, one of the ones that was offered was either Barton or Highton. 
One's in Liverpool, one's just outside of Birmingham. So that's that's not reasonable to expect people to relocate. Yeah, just talk to me far. about that because for, for, you've got you've got a life, Danny. You've got oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got friends, you've got family. It's yeah, I've I've never lived any further north than London. London's the furthest north I've ever been. So it's absolutely not an option for me. My support network, my friends, my family. They're all down here in the south. I know that there's two people that have taken them out of, what have we got, 250 odd people? There's two people that have taken them up on the offer. I mean, some people that haven't got family or mortgages. Absolutely, you probably could do it, but for 95%, it's, it's not an option. What's it like going to work now, knowing that that's... It's, it's hard, it's really hard to get motivated and you wanna go into work and do your job, but it's like, What's the point? It's closing. There is no point. Can you talk to me about the, the three years? We're talking off, off camera about where you guys were as a factory three years ago. Yeah, they was um, we was number one in Europe by the time I started working there. They'd built it up. And um, yeah, we was number one sales in Europe. And in the space of three years of being taken over, we're um, bottom of the whole of the world, apparently. Unite, which represents the majority of the workforce, says formal talks with the company's management are due to begin next week. Kent Online reports. A clear-up's been underway after bad weather overnight in Kent brought down trees. Chances are you heard the strong winds and heavy rain that battered the county. Teams worked through the night to clear debris from major routes and rail lines. The storm also caused a scaffolding tower to fall onto cars in Orpington. Four men are starting a total of more than 80 years in prison after being found guilty over the stabbing of a man in Maidstone. Wesley Adyinka was killed in Knight Rider Street in February last year in a row over drug dealing in the town. His partner was also injured. One man was found guilty of murder, while three others were convicted of manslaughter. At kentonline.co.uk you can see the moment the four men were arrested at gunpoint in Bromley, just 45 minutes after they they carried out the attack. Oh, please, show me your hands! Show me your hands! Show me your hands! Do not move! Listen to me! Do not move! Detective Inspector Annie Clayton has been speaking to Phil outside court after the sentencing. This is a really strong message that this sentencing um, sends out to all those involved in drug supply, particularly in the county lines type of drug supply that we find in, in the county, and also nationally it is a problem. Um, this message is that we will actually pursue those that not only commit offences of violence, but also those that are involved in the planning and the facilitation of those offences. They will all be treated accordingly as being responsible for these, these sort of incidents. So just how much does this incident actually reflect the wider societal issue that there is with county lines drugs in Kent? In Kent, we're the same as many counties, particularly around the home counties and, and the seaside towns across the nation, where we do have county lines. There are lines that operate out of London um, and they focus on, on the coastal areas, but it's a national problem. It isn't just Kent, um, but we want to make it very, very clear that we will be targeting this type of activity because we will not tolerate it going on in our county. So as a victory for Kent Police, this serves more as a maybe deterrent for those who want to get involved in this kind of crime? Absolutely. Um, you know, that's the real bonus of, of the judicial system that we have, is that actually the type of sentences that you're going to get um, are there absolutely as a, as a prevention tool um, as well as a punishment. So it's about saying, if you get involved in this type of activity, then we will take it seriously and you'll receive sentences that reflect that. 
And just how crucial are kind of seeing cases like this coming to an end and getting that result at the end, uh, you know, to actually combating this issue? How much of, you know, you know, a criminal might be involved in this? They'll see the uh, the end sentence and then think, OK, I don't want to be involved. How crucial actually is that? That is really crucial. But we mustn't forget here that this was a really tragic incident that resulted in the death of Wesley Adyinka. You know, he got involved in a dispute between drugs lines and this is the outcome that can happen and absolutely that needs to be addressed um, with a really really clear message which is what has happened here um, obviously our condolences go out to, to Wesley's family and and, and this type of, of trial and the resulting sentence will never bring him back and it will never you know help them really effectively deal with their loss however it is a deterrent to perhaps other families um, who or other people rather who might get involved in this type of criminality um, and, you know, we, we absolutely want that message to go out very clearly. Kent Online News. A primary school in Gravesend facing criticism for introducing a policy of fining parents if they're late to pick up their children. Holy Trinity say they'll have to pay £1 for every five minutes, but only if they've already been late three times. They're also threatening to call social services if children aren't collected by 4pm and they can't contact the parents. You can let us know what you think by by voting in our poll at Kent Online. So far, 62% of people think it's fair for parents to be charged. A suspected van thief has been arrested following a police chase in Tunbridge Wells. Volunteer officers had tried to stop a vehicle on Sandhurst Road in the early hours of yesterday. The vehicle later crashed into two police cars in Brook Road. A 42-year-old man's been arrested. On National Pothole Day, Kent's been named as having some of the most claims for compensation from motorists because of them. The authority received more than 2,000 in the last financial year, just behind Surrey, Hampshire and Hertfordshire. More than 37,500 claims were made across England over the same period, with over £3.5 million being paid out. A former footballer and Kent coach has opened up about his struggles with addiction. Dean Frost, who's worked at Ebbsfleet and Welling United, has been a compulsive gambler for the last 20 years. He's been speaking on the KM Football Podcast. What coincided with... um... Uh, stopped being involved in football is my my gambling sort of took off, um, increased. You know, um, found, you know my, my former gambler. I just I love betting shops for some reason. I got drawn to betting shops. Got drawn to the horses and dogs. Um, not so much football. Took too long to the results. Took too long. I needed instant. And uh, yeah, so out of football, um, my gambling um, took off, and uh, it yeah it, it accelerated at a, a speed of knots. You know, and um, you know with losing lots of money um, and along the way losing, you know, with money and with having to lie, my head, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm, you know, uh, I, I know it's massive in, in society now, in football, um, the, the adverts and, yeah, so, you know, I've, you know, I'm happy, really happy to share this, you know. I've never really shared with it anyone. I might put little bits on Twitter about gambling. People might, uh, you know, have a go, or, you know, I've only got about 500 funds, so any whoever does look back might get a gist and go, cool, he puts a lot on about gambling, but, yeah. Yeah, my gambling excelled after stopping and being involved in football. So you come out of football, you you're in that dark place, we say, where you're mm. where you're you're gambling. Are you consciously aware of what you're doing? <coughs> or is it a case that you you're just so enclosed in that, going down that road? Um, do, do you know what? Um, you know, I'll make it clear. So I'm I'm never here for a poor me, or you know, I'm I'm, I'm not. Um, so, because people, lots of people have an opinion about addiction. Um, quite a lot often, people don't realise it. it ain't always a choice. Once I didn't start out as a, a gambling 
when I was 20 to to know that think I was going to be a compulsive gambler. You know, same as alcoholic. They don't start drinking, turn out to be an alcoholic. Um, you, you know, but you can't stop. I don't know about you know other addictions. I know I know they're they're all pretty similar. It's all probably a form of escapism. It's all a bit of about an immature immature behaviour, and um, and I'm happy to share you know some of my thoughts why. But um, you, you are aware, but you you know like I'd wake up in the morning, and go right, I'm going to work in a cab, and I and I maybe gambled consecutively for hundred days, and wake up in the morning, and go right, then go work. Don't go in a betting shop today. Just do not go in that betting shop. Just get your head down, work, graft, and at five o'clock go home to your wife and daughter. At some stage in the day, this little little voice in it will go, go on, just go and have a little, you know, you ain't got to, you don't have to work for the next four hours. Rather than working, go and win it quicker. Go and have a, go and have a tenner on an eight to one shot or go and have a 20 quid on a 20 to one shot. Win your money and go home. So you sort of do know what you're doing, but it's hard to explain. I think an element with gambling, you've lost your money, you can't accept what's gone, so you keep going for your losses. You just keep going and, you know, even if I've won money back, all that money was is ammunition to to carry on going. So I've never I've never won they never I've never never won money and stood outside the betting shop and took a breathe and go, Dean, you've won X amount here. This could pay a credit card debt off and this can pay for a, a family holiday. Go on. I've never done that. You know, I've never had that ability to sort of um, have a what's it? And there's no filter. When I start gambling, there's no filter. I haven't got that ability to just to take a big deep breath and just take a filter, a thought, a thought about this money in my hand. It, all that money is uh, ammunition to go again. So um, yeah, you, so it's funny. It's really it's a surreal feeling to be, be a, a, a compulsive gambler or a, a, any form of addict. Is you know you've got the problem, but you can't stop it. But in the end, it was so painful. You know, in the end. In the end, it's it's painful, you know. Like if I said to if I said to you, oh, I can't stop eating beef burgers. You, you, Matthew and, and Craig, you go to me. We'll stop going to McDonald's. I go. I can't. I can't explain it. I've got these automatic feet that trait me into McDonald's, and I've got this mouth that says, "Mate, can I afford but burgers, please?" It's so it's hard, it's so hard to explain. It's an out of body, slightly an out of body experience. You've got these automated legs that just, or the mind that takes you into a betting shop. Once you know that was my form of gambling. I know today gambling is. So more free, uh, more so more freely available because of of uh, technology and, and the apps, you know. And we've seen it this uh, last week, you know. The the part, you know. I go on my rant. I don't get too much in a rant about gambling industry. I, I know it's big. I know it's growing. So I only focus on the solution. But I thought what the FA did last week, and in partnership with um, Bet Three Six Five, with uh, the FA Cup. Um, and then at the same breath, that third round was every game was delayed by one minute for mental wellness and, and emotional wellness. You know, you think, you know, if you realise what addiction does to people, it is partly emotional and it is a, a mental obsession. You know, addictions are a mental obsession, you know. So you go, how contradictory the FA? They're, they're trying to promote health and well-being, but at the same time they're promoting a, a gambling company, you know, all in partnership. So I'm fully aware today that, you know, gambling is accelerating. I'm glad I've stopped now. Because um, I'm fully, or, or, well, I've arrested it. I can say I never, I could go back tomorrow if I wanted to. But I'm fully aware that how how fast paced um, gambling is and how, how it's out. You know, I sit behind a bus. There's an advert. Sit on the tube. There's an advert. You sit at a, a set of traffic lights. A billboard. You know, you sit on, and watch telly at half time. You know, Ray Winston, famous people are coming out and telling you, come and get on at half time and listen to any 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 sport radio or any you know commercial radio. They're advertising gambling, so it's massive. 
you talk about what's happened to you when when you're at your, the gambling's at its highest and mm. it's it's worse from your perspective. What what sort of levels are we talking on and how how often were you were you betting every day, every day? Um, start off with it. You know, my intention would be this: the head would go, just go and have one bet. I went in and I might have had hundred bets. My head might on the other case go right. You've got X amount in your pocket, X X amount in your pocket. Just go in the betting shop and just do that. Well, I can tell you now, I was running backwards before credit card. I mean, I used to use cash. I used to run backwards and forwards to the ATM like a lunatic. I mean, it's funny, there's an owner's guy who used to sit next to the ATM and go, you back again? <laughs> I went, he went, <laughs> he must have known I was a compulsive gambler. He went, you're worse, like, you know, he's sitting there with a can of beer and he's going, you're worse than me. Oh, so I'd run backwards and forwards. It would be lim- unlimited time. It was just, it would unlimited money. Whatever I get my hands on, the only thing that would stop me is if I'd run my maximum for the day. So my bank would only let me allow allow me so much out of um, the ATM, or so much would be allowed out of my credit card, whatever. And that you know, I would smash myself to pieces as long as I could keep going. And I I do I wouldn't say I did eye bets. Mine was more bets just to keep me involved for the whole day. The cl- the closest buzz I got to. The gambling, the buzz of gambling, the anticipation of going to put that bet on, the anticipation of putting the the betting slip over the counter, the anticipation of the uh, the stall handlers putting the horse in was the same anticipation before a game being involved in football. I used to have the butterflies before, like you, we shared before here. Match match week would be training, having the team talk, and when them players went out, two minutes. Before the game, the butterflies, the nervousness, a little bit of... It's a, it's an amazing feeling for some reason. And it's an even greater feeling when you've won after a, a game. But that was what gambling replicated. It, you, I, like that, that uncertainty is that my horse is being loaded into the stalls. And that uncertainty, is it going to come out? Is it going to just come out last? Or is it going to come out first? Or is it, you know, and where is it in amongst the, the pack? And it's like, it's an adrenaline rush. It's a buzz. It's a, a high... It's, it's uh yeah it and it, it's 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 all about the feeling for me you know you know yeah that's what, and that's why I probably gamble it it just changes gives me a, a, a feel good you know a lift and an uplift and and potentially I can win it quicker. You can hear the full episode on our sports page online. Kent Online reports. People living near a supermarket in Dartford say they're being kept awake at night by boy racers blasting loud music from their cars and revving their engines. It's claimed up to 200 vehicles have been gathering at the Sainsbury's after dark. You can see a video of what's happening there at Kent Online. Debenhams in Chatham closes for the last time today. It's been trading on the high street since 2005 five and is one of four stores to close across the county. The others are Ashford, Folkestone and Canterbury. Now it's feared there's going to be a shortfall of sixth form places in Kent over the next five years, something that's been described as appalling. Around 500 extra places for 16 to 18 year olds look set to be needed by 2025, with Canterbury, Maidstone, Gravesham, Sevenoaks and Faversham expected to be the worst affected. Earlier I spoke to Alan Brooks, who's the head of Fulston Manor in Sittingbourne and also chair of the Kent Association of Head Teachers. Well, I think it's very concerning if you if you look at the uh, the whole report, the Education Commissioning Plan and the uh, the county wide plan. There are clearly shortfalls in post sixteen. There are also shortfalls in in most education provision across the county in that period. 
And why in particular sixth form places? Um, is it is it there that there's a particular need? And why is why is there such a big shortfall? Well, I think there's a combination of factors. One of them is obviously the um, the change in regulations recently to require people to stay in full time education beyond the age of sixteen. So obviously that's had a, a major impact. And also the, the general impact across the county of the uh, the housing developments that are taking place, which are increasing the demand uh, for places at all levels. And it is something we've seen a lot in Kent, isn't it? A lot of primary schools having to expand. But then obviously, as children grow up, it sort of works through the school system, doesn't it? And by the time they get to sixth form... Um, is, it, is that where the particular issue is at the moment? There is a, there is a very large bulge in the, uh, in the school population going through the system at the moment, uh, which primary have certainly experienced, and that's now moving into secondary, and clearly that will move beyond 16 as the, uh, as the bulge goes forward, yes. And why is it so important that these places are available for children when they reach 16? Perhaps they don't want to go to college, they want to stay in school and, and stay at sixth form. Well, I think, I think it's important for, for the young people. It's also important for the economy of, of Kent. Uh, if you look at the statistics, Kent does not come out very well in terms of proportions of young people going on to university compared to the rest of the country. And clearly, as we move forward, we need the best educated workforce we can have. And if this gap is there, clearly that's going to have a, a detrimental impact on the, on the future of the county. And if we do end up in five years' time having this 500 place shortfall what will happen will it be that there's more competition to get into those places well i think i think there is there is always that danger that that will be the case and if that does happen of course it it will impact adversely particularly on the um on the the vulnerable learners because if 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 six forms become more elitist or more academically focused then there is a danger that people will be left behind and what do you think needs to be done to tackle this right now well it's a, it's it's a fairly simple solution and, and it, it does come down to money um post 16 education is is funded directly by the uh, the education uh, and skills funding agency and more money needs to be put into it now rather than waiting for something to go wrong in a couple of years' time. Why do you think the funding hasn't been made available already? I, I think it's something that is sort of out of sight, out of mind, if we're not careful. It, it's something that people wait on until such time as the, um, the crisis hits us. And, and clearly the, the recent commissioning plan makes it very clear that that crisis is, is coming at us fairly quickly. There is, there is of course, another issue to it, which is that there is not a huge incentive for schools to expand their sixth forms because not only is there not much capital funding around to build the additional places, but actually the, uh, the recurrent funding, the per, per head, the per student funding for sixth form places is very low and, and desperately needs to be increased. And you mentioned here in your quote that you gave to my colleague that sixth form is quite an expensive thing to fund in general, isn't it? I, yes, I, I, I think there is a misunderstanding about just how expensive funding sixth form places is for a school. Uh, not only obviously delivering the academic curriculum, but there are, there are huge needs, social needs, mental health needs, welfare needs for young people between the ages of 16 and 18, which with the reductions we found in 
children's social services, adolescent social services across the country is more and more being picked up by schools. So, so certainly, I mean, the sixth form in the school that I'm responsible for, the, the pastoral staff there spend an enormous amount of time dealing with these issues with young people because they tend to fall between the gap between children's social services and adult social services. And so schools have to be stepping up to the plate and being involved in those sorts of things. And that, of course, is, is, is an expensive uh, service for schools to offer to these people. And it is a difficult time, isn't it? Sort of 16 to 18, children, well, young people are going through a lot of issues in their own life, maybe deciding as well what they want to do with their future. Is that part of the reason so much more funding is needed? Extre extremely complex time for young people between 16 and 18. The issues that they have tend to take a lot more work and a lot more support to, to see them through it. There, there is also a gap in the, uh, the career service, in the, the way in which we are enabled to, to point our young people in directions when they are making decisions about their future. So now this report has highlighted this shortfall, which perhaps a lot of people might not have even known about. Do you see this as a turning point that where action is now going to be taken to hopefully make sure that we don't get into that position? Well, obviously, we would all we would all very much hope that that is the case. Um, I mean, I think I think Kent have done very well in producing the report to make it absolutely clear. So they they have they have put the statistics there. It, it is a very strong case to put to central government to put to the funding agency, um, and and hopefully they will respond to it in a, in a positive fashion. Well, the Department for Education says colleges and sixth forms are set to receive £400 million in the near future. Kent Online News. Business owners are getting the chance to win a free 12-month lease at a Kent retail park. St James in Dover is offering up the space to small companies and entrepreneurs. They'll have the opportunity to be alongside retail giants like Next, M&S and Superdrug. Plans for a 40-mile coastal path in Kent have been unveiled. Natural England want to create the walking route between Iwade and Grain. It would be the first time pedestrians have full access to the Medway estuary. And a dog that went missing and spent a week wandering around a forest in Hearn Bay has been found. Daisy got lost in Thorndon Wood and her family and volunteers have been using drones to help look for her. She eventually turned up with a broken leg and dehydrated. You can see a video of the reunion in our story online. That's it for now, but for more news throughout the day, you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.